Next on BYU Sports Nation, overcoming team obstacles. Which BYU team needs to take the next step? JT for three. Jonathan Tavernari joins us right here in Studio B. What does he think about Eric Mika's decision to remain in the NBA draft? Plus, big deal, no deal, and it's a game day for baseball and softball with a lot on the line. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Ridley Scott Friday, May 19th. I'm Jerem Jordan. Spencer Linton is learning how to milk a cow. So I'm joined by a man who has shed the teeth shackles. Jason Shepard, look at those yes, pearly whites. Yes, so I'm going to give myself applause for An going early rising shout over, for yourself. Over two years of braces. Yes, oh. braces gone as of Monday. So happy. That's very exciting. So um, happy. This is a feat often accomplished by teenagers. But congratulations. Thank you. Well, I mean, I, I don't want to brag, but this is a pretty big week, week and a half for me. Braces it is. come off on Monday. Going to the prom soon and getting my driver's license. So, well, you got to get your eagle, and uh, the LDS Church not going to sponsor it, uh, varsity anymore, uh, scouts. So that's going to be tough for you. Yeah. Hey, uh, we had Dalton Nixon on uh, yesterday, and he said that he would win in one-on-one. Yes. With his dad, Kevin Nixon, who played at BYU. Now we did receive a uh, a video from Kevin Nixon in response. In response to this, saying he thinks he's ready to take on. Uh, Dalton Nixon. Here's the video. It's Kevin uh, laying the ball in, and then looking into the <laughs> distance. So, yeah, I, I I think that Kevin is is uh, ready. All indications are that Kevin on that smallish backboard in a church is ready to take on his his son Dalton. At least there was no carpet in the gym. <laughs> That's true. We're looking into televising that. Um, if if we uh, can get six figures, we will televise. The that. best part of that video is the look after. Like, yeah, yeah, I just did that. <laughs> This is our yeah. This is uh, this is the Mayweather uh, McGregor, McGregor kind of fight for BYU. Okay, like we're trying to well, figure it who? out for both sides. Styles will be like one guy wants to go half court, one guy wants to go full. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out one on one full well, court. Is no punches, a are stupid thrown. idea. Well, yeah. If Don wants Sunday dinner and it laundry, it is church then ball though. So it is church ball. <laughs> so, the only fight no that guarantees. starts with a prayer. That's right. Here today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Entering my initials in the NBA Jam, JTJ. Softball beat the fighting cowbells of Mississippi State 8-0 in six innings in the opening game of NCAA Regionals in Salt Lake City. McKenna Bowl, a one-hit complete game shutout for the win thanks to a tremendous catch in center field by Brooke Vanderheide. McKenna Bowl back to work. And has a pitch promptly lined to center field, and a diving catch is made by Brooke Vanderhyde. Wow! Spencer Linton on the call on BYU Radio video, courtesy of ESPN3. The Cougars get an impressive win over a good SEC team, and BYU uh, run rules an SEC team. In fact, the Cougars have uh, applied the mercy rule a plethora of times this year, which brings us to the stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Yesterday was the 18th time that BYU softball has won via the mercy rule. 18? 18 times. Wow. 
And for those that may not necessarily know what that is, that's when you lead by eight-plus runs after five innings. Essentially, one out of every three games for BYU this year has been a run rule game. That like, that's, is domination. That's gnarly. That really is. Big game uh, today. BYU will play Utah at Utah today, 3 Eastern time. You can listen to this game with the voice of BYU softball, the face, the body. Spencer Linton and Gary Shidey will be on the call. BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. Of course, you can also watch on ESPN3. Baseball falls last night at Gonzaga. 10-2 is the final score. As the Cougars still looking to clinch the outright WCC regular season championship. They can do that with a win in one of the next two games. Now, Brock Hill provided BYU's only offense, hitting two solo home runs. Batcats back at it tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. Did you see the karma manifestation, by the way? So earlier this week, we had Brock Hale on yes. the show. Yep. He had the only two runs. Both home runs. <laughs> Against Gonzaga. And then Alexis Stritt had the game-winning hit. <laughs> yes. The game-winning hit for BYU if softball. If you don't believe what? in the karma... Serious? Are you serious? You need to jump on board the train. Yeah. The karma train. <laughs> Not the tournament train. No. And there's the that? hat. That's that? buried over here. Okay. Uh, Alex White shot two over yesterday in the NCAA championships. She is the lone Cougar representing there. Since White plays for BYU and the Cougars don't play on Sunday, yesterday was round three. Everyone else starts round one, including White today. Uh, Alex White currently tied for 75th at two over through eight holes in the first round. Good luck. That's just outside Chicago, by the way. Very nice. Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays play in the second round of the Byron Nelson Invitational. Zach Blair right now tied for 18th at minus two overall. He is minus one through 15 holes in the second round. Daniel Summerhays set to tee off later on this afternoon around 3.20 Eastern time. Absolutely. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. Brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Climb every mountain. Tonight, the BYU baseball team is hoping to accomplish something they haven't done since I was in high school. Win its first outright conference title since 2001. The softball team has a chance this weekend to advance to its second ever Super Regional. In the spirit of those both momentous team accomplishments, we now present a Friday Twitter question. What is the next obstacle a BYU team needs to overcome. Okay, what is it? All right, first tweet, at Jaker Kemp. Hate to sound like a broken record, but football beating Utah must, in all caps, be the next obstacle. How long can this misery continue? I like how you write. Th- I'm a big fan of reading things as they're written. Yes. So if it's in caps, you kind of have to yell it. Yes, it's Like yelling. this. Yes. He's right with The football. guy holiday rule. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, caps. caps. He, I gave him crap for that. He did not like it. It was funny. Yeah. Okay, what do you think? Use hashtag BYUSN. Way in, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I can certainly understand going with the football and beating Utah. I mean, I think that's one that's just always there until it happens. It's always going to be brought up. But I'm actually going to go with BYU basketball. And I'm going something specific with BYU basketball. And I, that's to win. Win at Pepperdine? <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. No. Uh, winning the WCC <laughs> tournament in Las Vegas. Yes. That's what I'm yes. going with. Speaking of 2001. Yeah, I mean, it's, it has not happened since BYU joined the conference. We know that. It also has not happened under head coach Dave Rose, which is crazy, that is crazy to think though. about. That under Coach Rose, whether it's in the WCC, whether it's in the Mountain West Conference, BYU has not won a conference tournament. It, with all of the 20-win 
plus seasons and all, the consistent winning, that's one thing that has eluded this program in the last you know decade and a half. So, and here's the other part: with more and more emphasis being put on the conference tourneys. And not so much on the regular season, which, by the way, is a topic for another day. An 18-game tournament versus a three-game tournament. Exactly. I mean, winning in Vegas is a big deal. It's big because, number one, it hasn't happened, like I mentioned. But you have an NCAA tournament bid on the line if you win the conference tournament. So that's something that BYU just has not been able to do. Plus, it also means that you, at some point, hopefully beat Gonzaga or St. Mary's along the way to win the conference tournament. So that's where I'm going. I think that's the next hurdle that this BYU basketball team needs to make. Mormons aren't encouraged to win big in Vegas, Jason. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I'm going with football. No, I agree with you. But I think football, I'm, I'm with you, Jacob Kemp, on the, uh, ten, or, uh, the Utah. I think it's 10 wins. BYU needs to get back to a 10-win season. It's been, the last five seasons, BYU has averaged 8.4 wins. Eight 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 nine nine. That's what the last five seasons have yielded. Combination of my luggage. What? What? Eight is nice. Ten is mo better. Yeah, I'm hungry. I don't want to live in single digitville anymore. Double digit win seasons occasionally will raise the program's national status and include some rankings in there. And I'm not talking about in September. BYU's done that a couple of times. I'm talking about when the college football playoff rankings come out. That BYU gets into it at some point. Being an independent, playing these tough schedules. Let's be honest, eight or nine wins is probably equal to 10 or 11 back in the Mountain West days, given how tough these schedules have been. But I want something at the next level. I want BYU to get a 10-win season. It doesn't have to be every year. I think that's a little much. Um, But getting to it every, I don't know, three seasons would be a nice thing for BYU football. That's what I want. So that's you want them to break through that eight or nine and get to 10. Get to 10 in the next two or three seasons. How realistic do you think that is? I, I think it's, it's realistic. Yeah, in September you're going to have to go three and one. Yeah, you've got to have a. Yeah. We, we talk about special seasons or a. You got to have a special September. Yeah, in order need, to make that happen true. with the way BYU schedule sets up. And, and these schedules are tough. Don't get me wrong. And and BYU has some scheduling hubris, right? They want to play anyone, anytime, anywhere. The cost of business, though, generally is going to be two plus losses in September, unless. You do something special, or you get more Michigan States. They're just not as good that year as when you scheduled them, which you can't control, so no, you, you don't yeah, worry about it. Yeah. Like, I'm not worried about whether uh, you know, Gonzaga is going to be good or not. They're probably going to be good. If they're bad one year and BYU sneaks up and wins in Vegas, who cares? You won! I don't care how bad the competition is. Just go win. Just go win the games you play. Use the hashtag BYUSN. What is the next obstacle a BYU team needs to overcome? I believe that soonish BYU football will have an obstacle in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Countdown to the Viking. Nine, 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 nine. nine. <laughs> <laughs> Ball start. Redo it. Redo, Play it, it again. It. Play it, it again. Ninety-nine. Pause. Days. Ninety-nine. Yeah. We've gone over this. Countdown to the Viking. Nine, 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 nine. 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 We just, we just. No. We fill out. Pause. 99. No. Countdown 99 days. The 99 days. 99 days. We've chosen to fill up the arc as opposed <laughs> to have less short, animals I'm on it. I'm shortening it. You're adding two. Boy, that was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when you don't go over it. Ideas for teams' next obstacles, by the way, if you're, if you're trying to think of it. Football gets ranked. Football 10 wins. Basketball wins a title. Anything. Baseball gets to a regional. That could happen this year. Women's soccer goes to a final four. 
Women's volleyball goes to a Final Four again. Men's volleyball wins the national title. Softball, Super Regional. Beat Utah in football. That was a great answer. Use the hashtag BYUSN. There, there are a lot of those that are within reach for all of these programs. Absolutely. I mean, and that's what's exciting about this. Yes, it doesn't happen all the time. Mm-hmm. But the fact that BYU's athletic programs are in the running for these year in and year out, that's what makes this athletic program exciting. It's a, it, BYU's a great athletic program. We chronicled this during the Big 12 year, that BYU would fit perfectly into a Power 5 conference as an athletic department. Often, all that is seen is football and men's basketball. But overall, BYU's tremendous. In fact, BYU is the best non-Power 5 program in the country, and they can hang with the Power 5s in many instances. Use the hashtag BYUSN. What's the next obstacle a BYU team needs to overcome? Let's go to the Twitter machine. At Milton underscore rat, BYU football needs to be dominant over Utah. Anything else is gravy. We, I think we've reached the point with the fan base where beating Utah is the number one goal and everything else is ancillary. I feel like we've reached that point. The frustration, like, like, like if I told you, you could beat LSU or Utah, and that's going to be a trending topic one day. Oh, that's, well, that's a, that's a no-brainer. What's your answer? I think, I feel like I know 90, I, yes. 90% will be Utah, whereas I'm like, hey, Beating LSU does way more for you. Like here's not the, internally, externally. I, I, I'm I'm very aware that the entire BYU fan base is not all in the state of Utah. I, I totally oh, get it. Oh yeah, but but I have <laughs> if if the close proximity of these two schools was not the case, I I don't know if it would be to this. It, you never want to lose to your rival this many years in a row. But the fact <laughs> that for everybody who is local. When you lose, then you are in the same neighborhood as Ute fans or go work. It, it makes it even worse oh, because you yeah. never get a break from it. So yeah. I totally understand why everybody so far is going down this road. And listen, BYU beating Utah ties into all the other things. Yeah, absolutely. Getting ranked, yeah. winning 10 games, that, that all matters. At Nick Evans 224, I think one of the volleyball teams needs to win the national championship. Last 10 years, we're 0-4 in championship games. Hashtag so close. Yeah, trust me. I I know all too well. I've seen three of the last four in person where you go, right there, but not over the hump. Yet BYU is close. BYU is close. Next on BYU Sports Nation, use the hashtag BYUSN. Keep the tweets coming. The always opinionated Jonathan Tavernari, who's holding Spencer Linton's face. What does he think of Eric Mika's decision, expectations this season, and the new annex? This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> What's trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are a simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation is happening right now on the Twitter machine, as Spencer calls it. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Guess what's coming up on June 3rd, Jerem? Oh, I know, and I'm excited. I know, because uh, you and Spencer are heading down. BYU Sports Nation, the show, is going to be down at the BYU Fan Fest in lovely Corona, California, coming up on June 3rd. It will be 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern, 12 to 2 Pacific, live. This shows are great. It, I know you guys have a lot of fun, and so uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to this one. Las Vegas was great, uh, so we're very excited to go to Corona, California. That's going to be a ton of fun. Our Twitter question, what's the next obstacle a BYU team needs to overcome? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At Price Tyson 97530 zip code, question mark. The BYU volleyball teams need to win the national championship. They've been to the national championship games, but they lost. 
So that's another volleyball tweet. Yeah, tremendous volleyball program. Trying to get over the hump, right? Uh, and you would be the person, to, at least from on the men's side, with everybody that they lost. Is it a reload? It's uh, it's going to be a different kind of season. Yeah, you you lose Langlois and Patch. Yep. That's, that's tough. But BYU uh, wins a lot of matches, and Sean Olmstead is a tremendous coach. So I wouldn't be surprised if BYU is not uh, competing at a high level next year again. Now joining us uh, in studio is our favorite favorite dual citizen of Brazil and Italy. His name is Jonathan Tavernar. JT for three. What is up, my man? Morning, fellas. It's and, great to see you. And the last time BYU men's uh, volleyball team won the national championship, who was the main player on the team? Carlos Moreno, a, a Brazilian, Brazilian baby. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd bring that up. He was, uh, he was amazing. In fact, the yeah. story with him, uh, <laughs> he was recruited to BYU and told, hey, that honor code thing, don't worry about it. Just come up here. <laughs> <laughs> so he showed up, BYU won the national title. I will plead the fifth it. on that and I <laughs> neither deny <laughs> or confirm that. So, so what's what's new with you? I, I know uh, on on Twitter you're always impassioned, but before we get into BYU hoop stuff, how'd your season go? What's going on with you? It just got back, flew back uh, from Italy last week. Uh, it was a tough season. We had we had so many injuries. I mean, uh, the first ten games of the season we were in first place, and then we had a guy blow um, his ACL and MCL. Then our starting five man American um, tore his groin twice, same injury. Um, you know, out of the 12 pros we had on the team, only um, only two, only me and some other American were the only ones that played every game. So it was, it was a tough team. It was a young team, and you know, but you know, it was it was just another year. And you know, gotta get back summer now and spend some time here in Utah, and you know, enjoy being here at BYU. This beautiful building next door. I'm about to go work out too right now, and um, you know, but just get ready for the next season and the next contract. Well, obviously, one of the big storylines this week was uh, the decision from Eric Mika to officially stay in the NBA draft. He's going to hire an agent, which means his career BYU is officially over. I know you've had some opinions on this uh, via social media, but now that we've got you in studio, what were your overall thoughts when you heard the news that Eric was was leaving BYU? Well, it's you know I have two different opinions because I got to look at it you know um, objectively as a as as what I do for a living you know and it, there is no greater feeling than probably when you're in a temple than probably go out there and you know shoot threes or you know play basketball and and earn a paycheck for it. and and so I understand that I mean I was eager and you know I couldn't wait for my time to actually get started in my career but. I also, I also understood that there are, there are greater things, you know, there are more, more important things in life, you know, because basketball, even if I play until I'm about 35, 36, I have a 15-year career, then I have another 40 years of my life. And so, and I wanted to plan for that. And, you know, as a fan, obviously as a BYU fan, um, I'm, I'm disappointed. Not at Eric, you know, at the, his decision, let's just put it at that. At the fact that we won't have Eric on the program, it has nothing to do with Eric, you know. He's a great kid, you know, served his mission in Italy. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I've shared before, um, when we're together and my son's with me, he chit chats with my son in Italian. Um, you know, I've no, I've, I've known, I know the areas where he served and, you know, we talked on the phone when I got there, Hey, what do you need? Whatever you need, let me know. And, but you know, I, I'm disappointed because I feel like, you know, there has been such a hype for, you know, the three amigos from Lone Peak. And it's a different nickname we could have used. I've, I've always <laughs> called them the three. You guys called them the LP3. I called them the three amigos, you know. But 
but not because of, you know, people say, well, are you disappointed because of last year? No, because last year was the youngest team Coach Rose ever had. Well, in BYU history, they'd never fielded 500 classmen in the game as starters. You know what I mean? And so what do you expect for them to just come out of clicking and just be like a Lee Kamard? and just be ready to go from day one? No. I mean, Lee, after his first year, Lee sat in Coach Rose's office and complained for an hour. It happens. You need to go through that process to, to, to evolve. And so I think that the disappointment comes from the fact that, yes, you know, I, I'll back it up Greg Rebellion saying that, you know, the next two or three years, that could be a few Sweet 16 trips in there because TJ will have eaten a few more sandwiches and booked up a little bit, you know, and <laughs> – and, and and because they're all so good, and we saw we saw flashes of it. We saw flashes in Gonzaga, you know. And and so I think my disappointment is the fact that, you know, you know, the kind of like you know, I, I joke around that Keith Van Horn was the great white hope that never was. You know what I mean? Kind of like the same thing. It, it never was. We're never going to be able to see what uh, a, a senior Eric and or, or a senior um, Nick. And then a junior TJ and Eric would be like with guys around, with Zach Celia's ready to come out in transition, with Peyton backing up, with Yoli there. I mean, Yoli's a man child. You know, I've always said, and I'm still of the firm belief that Yoli is the best potential wise prospect in, in at BYU because of his body, of how his athleticism. I mean, the NBA today is not how good you can play, is how high can you jump and how fast can you run. And so and and, and I understand both sides of Eric's decision, you know. My personal thought is, you know, unless somebody's telling him something that we don't know, and maybe it can happen, you know, like you kind of like a poker play, you kind of hide your cards and it can happen. But unless somebody's telling something that, you know, guys like Chad Ford, I mean, I actually called Fran from Sheila. He's about to go to, uh, to Italy, to Treviso, to the Euro camp in a little bit now. And unless they're saying things that, that we don't know, he's projected to be a, a late second round pick. If that. If that. And then going to Europe, which is fine. I mean, I honestly, I make a living of being in, Italy, in, in Europe, right, or going overseas. I make a living out of doing that. So there's nothing wrong with that. People's perception is that if you don't go to the NBA, you have a failed career. I mean, go tell Travis Hansen he has a failed career, and he'll probably show you his bank account. And you know what I mean? But, <laughs> He's had a great career. Right. You know what I mean? And so, but my thing is the, the late second round pick and overseas will always be there. It will be, be there in a year. It will be there at the end of his junior year, and will be there at the end of his senior year. So my only disappointment comes as a BYU fan, as an alumni who, ever since the the Jimmer era, the Jimmer cycle closed out of all these guys that we that you know I was a part of recruiting and playing with, that we dominated when we were here. Um, we haven't really had a lot of championships, you know, and and so it was finally time that these guys were going to bring, bring back a couple of banners, and you know. And put BYU in the top 25 and, you know, and earn some national respect to get again. And so that comes from our disappointment. You know, has nothing to do with Eric. And, you know, and because I, like I said, I understand his decision. I, when I was faced the same decision, I chose differently, you know, but to each its own. Jonathan Tavernari is on BYU Sports Nation. So he's, he, he's not uh, expected to be drafted by anybody per se. So it's an interesting decision. It's like, well, he just wants to go make money. And I, right. and I don't blame him either for that. So now we turn the page a little bit, and you look at – there was some finality to it, which was interesting. This kind of like, all right, we know the guys for next year now. We can kind of turn the page and look forward. Um, what do you think of the group coming back and some of these additions that BYU is bringing back? Well, I, first thing is you can never underestimate Coach Rose. You know what I mean? I mean, look what he did with LJ last year. Nobody expected that. I mean, we had, we had a spot, 
And if LJ and Kyle, Kyle Davis was, and I told, I know I was talking to coach and actually losing Kyle Davis was probably bigger, a bigger deal than losing LJ because Kyle was going to spread the floor and helping Eric a little bit more in the sense that Kyle was probably going to be the leader of the team vocally because he was a senior. And so, and, um, you know, I, I feel like the guys that we have right now, they have to step up. And why would you not be excited about that? I mean, I, I am excited about this. Why story. would you not be excited about that? You know, like if if I if I were Peyton, or if I were Yoli, or if I were Elijah, or whoever it is the case, I would be in this place. I mean, I, you can be here twenty four seven. I mean, I would probably just go back to my apartment or home or whatever it was to change to go to church, <laughs> and count the times until midnight on Sunday so that I can come back here. I mean, this is unbelievable. And so looking ahead, I'm excited because I'm like, okay, we're finally going to see. You know, who here wants to actually get paid to play basketball? Because a lot of people say they want to get paid to play basketball, but very few are willing to wake up in the morning and go over there and grind. And, you know, even, you know, now you don't even need the coaches in the summertime or in the mornings. You got, they have four guns here that rebound for you. I mean, I told coaches, like, where was this when I was here? <laughs> I had about, I had about. build that place. Yeah, I, say, yeah, take pride in that you helped lay right, the groundwork right. for this. I, I, you know, everybody jokes around that that's the house that, that Crash and Mirror built. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if I built this one, but a few bricks, I know I definitely yeah, put it up there. I don't doubt that you contributed to the annex financially, and, too. And right? so, but the thing is that it's, uh, the main thing is, if you want to get better, you don't have excuse. You know, and so and there's a few guys in the team in this team that say they want to play professionally. They want to make money playing basketball. And, and so I feel like now is the time for them to prove it. You know, is, is and, and certainly, um, you know, it's maybe just tell me if I'm just trying to find the silver lining in the situation. But we talk so much about expectations and just how high the expectations were for last year with the Lone Peak Three or the Three Amigos, as you like to call them. <laughs> Who's, whose with, expectation? Well, I think fans' expectations. I think there was an expectation within the media. Um, I, I know I'm guilty of it. I mean, so my question is, with, with Eric not there, right. do you think there is a sense uh, that maybe some of that pressure is off and some of these guys may actually end up playing better? That goes to say how much little the media and the fans actually understand about basketball. How can you put expectations on a team that was that young? You know what I mean? Like, how could you expect that these guys would come in and right away? I mean, goodness gracious, before the season started six months ago, Eric was walking up and down streets, you know, and half of the, half of the places that he served were very bad areas. And I don't mean like bad areas is going to get robbed, but it was like it was very poor areas in Italy. The south of Italy is very poor. And so and the, the funny, you know, TJ, the same thing. He came back home early from his mission because he, you know, had some issues or whatever. I mean, what kind of, you know. Nick. That, uh, Nick, sorry, yeah. Nick. Yeah, yeah. You know, but my thing is, like, how could you expect these guys to come in and click? I mean, we're not talking about the Fab Five in Michigan. You know, like, these guys needed time. So I think that, yes, to a certain extent, maybe the pressure is a little bit off. But at the same time, there's one person that will not take the foot out of the gas. And you, and that is Dave Rose because I he come in come you know the team comes in and there is nine walk-ons and just one scholarship guy he's gonna expect them to compete to win games to win every game they play has been there since day one heck it was like this when he was an assistant coach it was like that when he recruited me why would it change now and the thing with Coach Rose is he will continually give you options and, and give you chances excuse me I mean but I, what after, do you mean? What I mean is, like, guys will get in in a game. Guys are going to get a chance to play. 
Now it's up to the guy to be able to actually, you know, um, respond. You know, I remember my freshman year, I, I you know, I, I barely played because I had Keeney Young, I had Fernando Malaman in front of me. And so the times I came in, except to an exhibition, except like a, a, a game against like a Division II team in the middle of a, no, a snowstorm in December was the only time I got playing time. Hey, North Florida was a great game. I called that game. <laughs> my freshman year? <laughs> Yeah, how about that? They scored 12 points in the first half. And so, like, but I, but I got, I got a lot of playing way. time on, on that game. But besides that, against Michigan State, all these other teams, I mean, there were about four games I never played. Came in conference, you know, happened to issue with Rashawn Brodus. I got my chance. I was in the gym every single morning because I knew my time was going to come my sophomore year. And I had to be patient. And that's what I did. I was ready. You know what I mean? And so that's the thing. Like, guys have to be ready. Would the pressure be on? And like I said, you know, the media, the fans, I mean, they understand. No one's going to be saying the words Final Four anytime soon. Right. Which some fans were a few years ago. Like, oh, we can make the Final Four. Yes. But I I always say this. Let's not judge this team, this group of guys. And I was very grateful. and And I got a lot of heat because what I said about Eric and starting and all of that. But people took that out of context. Because the way our teams were with Trent Placer, with Brendan Davies, Eric might not have started. He might have been a huge key off the bench. You know, as uh, as coming back from his mission, but because of the whole thing around, isn't that ideal though to bring a guy a little slowly into it? Right. Like, like last year, if you had had Jordan Chapman starting at guard and you didn't have to bring in, uh, you know, a freshman, right? It, like it changes the dynamic. So so instead, you have this young group, and they they're not going to win the league when Gonzaga's in here playing like it did last year, right? So so with that in mind. Is the is the expectation for this year's team and generally any team make the NCAA tournament? That's the goal, right? It, it, that's the goal. I mean, the expectation is whatever people say in their minds it is. But I'll say the goal. I mean, it's what it is. What Coach Rose every single year make the NCAA tournament. Eight out of twelve is pretty good. Eight, at large, eight at uh, large. You know what I mean? And yeah. so I was happy to say that half of that I was part <laughs> of it. But you know what I mean? Like it's the expectation is the same. It you got and you got to be ready when he calls your number because the, the man hasn't changed. The only thing that has changed from my from you know the, the whole twenty years that Coach Rose has been here has been his weight and the color of his hair, you know, and where his office is a few times. But that's about it. Same intensity, yells every time. Sometimes yells at me when I'm playing pickup. I mean, you know, and so Bill, I always, you know. <laughs> so, but but my thing is is like if they're all ready. You know, like, got a great new guy in Coach Heath, you know, that I've known for a while. I mean, everything is ready. The guys just got to want. You can't tell me that all these Cinderella stories are because they are just fantastic coaching schemes that they came up with a play and LU backdoors. No, it's because the guys on the floor believed. You know what I mean? And and, and that's my thing. Like, you got to want it. Because if you just work hard enough and you listen to what they're saying, it works. I mean, I'm the living proof that works. You know what I mean? Like, in for about six or seven years – Guys bought into it. They listened to the T. And what happened to it? Conference championships, top 25, NCAA tournaments, NIT runs. You know what I mean? And so and what happened? Coach Rose just decided one day, well, you know, I'm comfortable. <clears throat> you know, I'm just not going to coach hard anymore. No, I mean, the guy is at night at his house on his phone and computer looking at game film. I mean, so what has changed? The way players approach the game has changed. Not only is there changes with the players, but there's also some coaching changes. And Heath Schroyer was brought in. I think for the most part, universally, uh, it's being applauded. I I think it's a great hire. Uh, What was your initial uh, thoughts when Coach Schroyer was brought in as the new assistant coach? And what kind of impact do you think he can have immediately? Well, he, um, I knew of him when I got to BYU because I knew he coached here. And then 
played against him when he was Wyoming. Um, you know, always you know had that kind of kind of that deal. Um, and so I was excited. You know what I mean? Like Terry was my guy, and Terry was actually the one ever since from the beginning that worked me out. That actually came here with me at six, seven o'clock in the morning, and all that kind of stuff. And so. To replace Terry with another guy that I consider a BYU guy, I think that's a huge get. You know what I mean? And, and he's a tough guy. And I'll tell you, the very first time I ever talked to Heath Schroeder, um, we were playing at Wyoming. I was a freshman. And KT wasn't shooting free throws very well that game. And it was kind of a close game. We're up by, you know, two or three. They were pressing less two minutes. Coach Rose said, I hadn't played all game. Coach Rose looked at me and said, JT, I need you to go win the game. Go knock these free throws. I was cold. I hadn't played the whole game. Go look it up. Last two minutes of the game, he throws me in there. I go in there. I start getting fouled. They're following me. I think I went six out of six or eight for eight or something like that. And we won the game. I mean, that's the kind of contribution you have to have. You got to be ready, you know. And so after the game, I'm getting high five. You know, Coach Eve comes to me and shake my hand and says, my man, you got ice on your veins. That was big time knocking down those free throws. And I was like, okay, thanks. I didn't even know he was the head coach back then because I wasn't paying attention to the other <laughs> sideline. After, afterwards, I got to fly back with, uh, you know, with the main guys because I had to do media with Greg Rebell. And I asked Coach Rose, I'm like, hey, who was that guy with the slick back hair? Looked like he's Italian, belongs in the mafia, you know? <laughs> you know? Who was that guy? He, he's like, oh, that's, you know, that's Heath. He used to coach at BYU. And Coach Rose, dead on, looked at me and said, JT, that is one of the toughest SOBs I know. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be playing well against Wyoming anymore because I don't want to get on his wrong side. <laughs> That's a great story. At least he didn't uh, call you a different name like Steve Alford. JT, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming in. And he almost knocked out Jim Boylan. You guys remember that? No. You don't remember that? <laughs> yeah, he actually got in an argument with, uh, with uh, Jim Boylan. He threw it in, uh, when uh, you know, Jim was at yeah. Utah. There were a few people that uh, yeah. got into it with Jim Boylan. I think. Yep. <laughs> Stories for days. We'll have you back on soon. We'll talk BYU hoops. We appreciate the time. Thanks for having me. JT, all the way from Italy. He's back in town in the offseason. Always great to catch up with Jonathan Tavernari. Use hashtag BYUSN. Way and what's the next obstacle a BYU team needs to overcome? Use the hashtag BYUSN. It's a big day. we got JT in studio, baseball, softball playing. Let's go, man. Let's do this. Let's keep this going. We'll read your tweets coming up. Plus, little big deal, no deal. Mo Longy doesn't fit into a 4XL shirt. We'll discuss. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by Tecano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Yep, lunch was great yesterday. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're on demand anytime, anywhere. In fact, we just talked to Jonathan Tavernari. In studio, former BYU basketball conference champ, NCAA tournament guy. He's been playing professionally in Italy. Strong opinions on what has changed within the program, and it's not Dave Rose. He thinks Dave Rose is the constant. Also, he thinks the Merritt Center Annex is like the eighth wonder of the world. He loves it. And I don't know what cologne he was wearing, but this studio has never smelt that good. Think about the fashion, you know, from Italy and the cologne and whatnot. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Which I, I said to our students, so we have... We have a, a big room that a lot of the video and graphics get made in, right? Starting to smell like a hockey locker room, which is a real issue. So I, I you just walk by with Febreze. I encourage some of the females on our staff, like, could you help us with this? Because we got a real issue with some of these, uh, some of these male students here. Wow, <laughs> already. BYU football media day coming like, up on. What? 
Friday, Friday, June 23rd, also my dad's birthday, so uh, happy uh, early birthday to my father. slippery slope, mentioning birthdays. Yes, I know. Uh, We'll have the state of the program. We'll also have a two-hour BYU Sports Nation with coaches and players, plus a special look back on the Bell Edwards coaching tree. I'm very excited about that. I mean, we're, we're, what, four or five weeks out from that? Love that day. It's a fun day. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, starting with softball, who beat Mississippi State 8-0 in six innings. They rule-runned. The Bulldogs, the opening game of the NCAA Regional in Salt Lake City. McKenna Bull, one hit, complete game shutout for the win. BYU will play Utah today. This is as big as it gets, man. BYU-Utah in the NCAA tournament. Three Eastern time. Listen to my man Spencer Linton and Gary Shidey, the 1974 Sammy Ball winner. On the call on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. You can also watch on ESPN3. Baseball falls to Gonzaga last night, 10-2. Still looking to clinch the outright WCC regular season championship with a victory. Brock Hale provided all of BYU's offense, hitting two solo home runs. Backcats back at it tonight, taking on Gonzaga in Spokane, 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. Get it done. Alex White shot two over yesterday in the NCAA championship. Since White plays for BYU and won't play on Sunday, Yesterday was her round three, but round one is today for everybody, including White. She's tied for 79th at three over through 10 holes in the first round. Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays play in the second round of the Byron Nelson Invitational. Zach Blair right now tied for 13th at minus three overall. He is two under through 16 holes in round two. Daniel Summerhays will tee off later today around 3.20 p.m. Eastern time. Our Twitter question today, what's the next obstacle a BYU team needs to overcome? Let's go to the Twitter machine. At Laser Sheep, what up? Besides football beating Utah, correct and obvious answer, BYU men's basketball needs to win a conference title, beat St. Zaga. Now the question there is, what's more important to you, the conference tournament title or the regular season? See, that's... I think the answer is obvious, right? Well, be, one, one has more weight to it. Yes, in it would, Vegas. Yes, in Vegas holds you get more in. weight. You get into the tournament. Look, and, and, and that's an issue for another day, but, you know... And we were talking about this on the the baseball broadcast the other night. You know, Coach Littlewood was talking about how winning the outright regular season title is great, and it's something that hasn't happened so long, but he wishes it held more weight in terms of maybe an automatic bid uh, for winning that. Right now, more weight is put on the conference tournament. That seems to be more important right now. Absolutely, because the WCC in baseball this year is going to be a one-bid league, it looks like. The RPIs are not high enough, so whoever wins in Stockton next weekend is going. And if BYU wins the outright but doesn't go to the NCAA Regional, that trophy might be up on this set, like this MPSF tournament title trophy from men's volleyball. It just won't matter as much. Coming up, the Cougar Whip round, but first, we play a little big deal, no deal. Lots to discuss in that coming up. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I'm Jerem Jordan. He's Jason Shepard, live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern. Coming up on June 3rd, it is the BYU Fan Fest. Another BYU Fan Fest is one in Corona, California. Again, yes. June 3rd, this very show will be live coming up on June 3rd. That is a Saturday uh, from 3 and f- until 5 Eastern time. If you are local, that would be 12 to 2 Pacific time. Can't wait. What's the next obstacle a BYU team needs to overcome? That is our Twitter question. Use the hashtag BYUSN at BruteDR. Beat Utah. <laughs> I'm working in downtown Salt Lake City, surrounded by Utes. Help me! Yeah, this has been the common, 
The tweet getting in today was just beat Utah. Hopefully the uh, softball team can uh, help out the cause, although I wouldn't trash ta- uh, talk trash with the softball team, but that's another thing. Let's, uh, let's talk about a little big deal, no deal, shall we? Big deal. No deal. Presented by Brady Industries, a provider of commercial cleaning supplies and equipment throughout the western United States. For over 65 years, Brady Industries clean solutions, a tradition for generations. We uh, go to the control room. Ben Bagley tells us something. We respond. Number one. Big deal, no deal. Eric Mika remaining in the draft, but not currently being projected as a draft pick. Yeah, I mean, it's a big deal. It's a big deal for Eric because if you go off of the projections, he's not guaranteed to be drafted. There's a lot of unknown in that. And it's obviously a big deal for BYU that you lose your best player. A guy that you basically catered the offense to last year because he was so dominant. So, yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. It makes no sense logistically, right? Right. Why would you go pro, not a sponsorship mention, if you are not projected to get drafted by anybody? Not a single person is saying that Eric Meek is going to get drafted. Yet, he wants to go play pro. He'll at least be in the D-League. He can always play in Europe. That kind of thing. We just talked to Jonathan Tavernier, a guy that plays in Italy. This is a big deal because it's kind of weird. This means this means he just wants to leave. He just wants to leave and play pro. Number two. Big deal, no deal. BYU versus Utah today in the NCAA softball regionals. What do you think, Jason? Yeah, it's a big deal. Of course. Number, first of all, this it's is BYU. a softball. <laughs> like it's it's a big deal on on many levels. Beats BYU, Utah. It's a big deal regardless of the sport. Mm-hmm. But this is this is this is postseason. This is tournament. This is regionals. This is an opportunity to continue to advance for your ultimate goal. So yeah, it's a big deal. The biggest deal for softball. Absolutely. BYU Utah in the tourney. Now this is not an elimination game, but the winner goes to the winner's bracket and is just gonna sit there. The loser is going to have to play a game today, likely against Mississippi State, maybe Fordham. Tonight at 6. So at 3 Eastern time when BYU plays Utah, this is a big deal. Absolutely. Number 3. Big deal, no deal. The national letter of intent period has passed, and BYU Hoop still has an available scholarship? I will say no deal. Do we, do we think that, that BYU's not going to have an opportunity to fill this spot? Well, there, it's a lot harder. I know. It, it, it's just because this signing period has passed – does not mean that BYU still cannot get somebody in here. Coach Rose is going to make sure that the spot is filled. So, I mean, I understand everybody wanted it to happen now because of the immediacy of the news of this week. But, yeah, I say no deal. This will all work out. Everything will be just fine. Unless a grad transfer emerges suddenly, a la LJ Rose or Jordan Leslie for the football team equivalent, this is, this is a big deal because obviously losing Eric Meek is a big deal. But it's the cost of business. If you have these underclassmen that go, it's hard to account for that. Yet, BYU is in the mix with guys knowing this might happen. Trust me, they weren't shocked that Eric Meek yeah. left. In fact, there was a player, Jarrell Springer, who signed with Southern Utah instead of BYU. BYU thought maybe that open scholarship was going to go to him. It did not. Now BYU has a spot. They can give it to a walk-on, Zach Frampton or somebody, or they can bring someone in. I will not be shocked if BYU brings somebody in as a grad transfer or otherwise in the next couple months. But it's May 19th. That timing is tough to get the best guys. Number four. Big deal, no deal. BYU baseball falls 10-2 last night at Gonzaga, still chasing a WCC title. I I say no deal. 
I mean, yes, they lost the game last night. BYU, all BYU needs to do, and, and they certainly did not go into this saying, all we have to do is win one. Their goal every series is to win a series, and the result of winning the series would be winning one and winning the outright championship. But with that said, you still have a game tonight. You still have a game tomorrow. You know, th- there's no panic. So I, I say, I say, no deal. They'll still be able to get this done. No deal. The starting pitcher for Gonzaga, Eli Morgan. This kid's legit. Like he's really, really good. That's why. That's why BYU wants uh, LMU and Gonzaga as the two and three. Corey seed. Abbott, who perfect yeah. gamed BYU, yes. and, and then Eli this guy. Morgan, who they want to face each other in the first game, first yeah. day in the tournament. I'll go no deal with you because now BYU can take the game tonight and or tomorrow, win the series, go in, in with more mojo. You know what? It feels like a big deal because BYU just hadn't lost much recently. Yeah. Yeah. So they win one game. They lose one game. It's like ah, they need one win to get the number one seed, which is awesome. Number five. Last one, big deal, no deal, Mo Longi and his struggle with a 4XL shirt. <laughs> now, are we going big deal, no deal on this as literally yeah. or figuratively? Always. Well, it's, of course it's a big deal. Here's a picture. From- Anything with Mo Longi's a big deal. Yes, at BYU Fanatics, uh, Russell Grizzfather had a picture with <laughs> Mo. He, it's a, the shirt does not come down all the way. This is, I'm told this is a 4XL. <laughs> That's great. Hey, don't make fun of somebody who likes to wear tight shirts. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did wear a vest in your honor. Yes, you are fully invested because I, today. Thanks, Bronco. I thought about going boating. <laughs> <laughs> that is big deal, no deal. Dork thinks he's going to drown. <laughs> <laughs> what's the next obstacle for Jason Shepard in his life? I mean, what's the next <laughs> obstacle a BYU team needs to overcome at BYU Pinoy? Football. He's got a list here. Here we go. Football, beat Utah, 10 wins. Okay. Check. Check. Mm-hmm. Hoops, conference championship. You have to say regular season or tournament, right? There's two. Men's volleyball, national championship. I'm there with you. Gymnastics, national ranking. They are ranked in the 30s. Do you mean get into the 20s, advance to the beyond the NCAA regionals? Is that what you mean? Because they go to the regionals every year. I'm going to assume that since he put football, beat Utah, 10 plus wins first, that that would be the one that if he had to pick one, he would probably go with. Oh, I don't know. I, I think usually wants, whatever I think you say first, over football, which, whichever thing you say first <laughs> is usually where your heart is. Amen to that. <laughs> Coming up, how are Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays faring on the course? And an update on the Cougars in the minors. This is BYU Sports Nation. Big deal, no deal on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Brady Industries. Clean solutions, a tradition for generations. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to our dual citizen guest today, Jonathan Tavernari. Fantastic interview with JT. Yeah, he's always great. Always opinionated, always brings it great information. In fact, he smelled amazing. He did smell amazing. I need to find out what, he, what cologne he was wearing, <laughs> the Kalogny. Uh, if you missed any of today's show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Softball. Softball beat the Fighting Cowbells of Mississippi State eight to nothing in six innings in the opening game of the NCAA Regionals in Salt Lake City last night. I got a fever, and the only remedy is more McKenna Bull. <laughs> BYU will play Utah today, three Eastern time. Spencer Linton and Gary Shiny on the call on BYU Radio and the BYU Radio app. You can also watch on ESPN three. 
baseball. Baseball falls to Gonzaga, 10-2, still looking to clinch the outright WCC regular season championship with a victory. Brock Hale provided BYU's only offense, hitting two solo home runs. Batcats back at it tonight on BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Golf. Alex White of the women's golf team shot two over yesterday in the NCAA championship since White plays for BYU and the Cougars don't play on Sunday. Yesterday was round three. Everyone else starts round one today. Uh, White is tied for 73rd at three over through 10 holes in the first round. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays play in the second round of the Byron Nelson Invitational. Zach Blair tied for 12 at minus three overall. Two under through 17 holes in the second round. Daniel Summerhays is set to tee off at 3.20 p.m. Eastern time. Watch out for those turkeys. Cougars in the minors. Brendan Lund went three for five with two RBIs and a win for the Burlington Bees against the Mariners affiliate Clinton Lumber Kings. Sounds made up. It's in Iowa. All right. Colton Mahoney pitched two innings, giving up four hits and two earned runs and striking out three batters in a loss for the Charleston River Dogs versus the Augusta, maybe one of the best nicknames ever, Green Jackets. Is there a greater minor league baseball affiliate named than the Augusta Green Jackets? Today's Rise and Shout is that's my best bill one. <laughs> People are like, what was that? Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter helping you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Who gets it? McKenna Bull. Oh, yeah. She owns the pitcher of the week. She owns the player of the week. And how about she player owns of the, the year? Excuse right? me, player of the year, I mean. And she owns the Rise and Shout today. How about that? Pitcher, player of the Yeah, she's the BYU pitcher of the century. How about we just. Decade? Name century of uh, this, dispensation. On, on this or any other planet. Our Twitter question, what's the next obstacle a BYU team needs to overcome? Let's go to the Twitter machine. you got tweets. At Smarks1090, I live in SoCal and am a huge BYU fan and alum. Beating Utah this year in football is the number one objective this year in sports. Three exclamation points. And a football emoji. I think that means it's getting serious. Really important. Our elite tweet of the day. (laughs) Sports, thank you. At JNails21. Finding a helmet and pads that fit Mo Longy. (laughs) That is elite, indeed. Because the latest report from Ben Criddle was that BYU had not, that they had ordered a custom helmet (laughs) and shoes. Size 18 is what I read. I know every, 18? I know we all need to just just calm down on the Molongi hype. But Wait, I'm, what? I'm on, I'm on board. Give me that hat. No, no, no. <laughs> no the the uh, hype for him playing is very different than the hype <laughs> to see him in pads. I want to see him at the goal line. I want to see him. I want a la refrigerator. 85 Super Bowl. Oh, can do that. Hey, conversation continuing 24-7 on Twitter. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. The show is always on demand on BYUSN.com. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Jim Ah, BYU Sports Nation. Back at it Monday and noon Eastern. Good luck to softball in the Super Regional. Listen to that coming up on three at 3 Eastern. And baseball going for a championship. Get it done. This is BYU Sports Nation.